Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Let's test two over the line. Strom, drag move to the net. You know, I was talking to my father today, and I wouldn't have got into this profession if not for my dad, because watching and talking about sports with him was a big part of my formative years. My dad was born in 1944. A little bit of context for those of you who can't even fathom that. At that time, the Montreal Canadiens had won five Stanley Cups. They would go on to win a few more. So when my dad was watching hockey as a youngster, as I'm sure uh, you might be a youngster listening or you have kids in your life that are watching, there were six teams in the NHL. There weren't a lot of games on TV. You could watch an entire NHL broadcast and not even see an instant replay of anything. So things have changed quite a bit. So I was talking to my dad this morning and I said, so what do you think of all this video review stuff? What do you think of that play last night that took away Latestu's goal? And my dad said, get rid of all of it. And I said, oh, so you, you get rid of the offside challenge. He said, no, get rid of, get rid of video review. I said, like, you actually mean all of it. He goes, yeah, get rid of all of it. I said, so you wouldn't challenge goals whether or not they cross the line. No. I said, and you were talking all sports here. He said, yes, get rid of all video review in sports. And I said, well, that seems pretty, pretty extreme just to go back to where you just don't don't look at anything a second time. I mean, we're used to watching sports that way. We have the advantage of instant replay as viewers. Maybe officials can take advantage of some of the angles for key plays, whether or not you like the offside or not. And Dad says, no, get rid of all of it. And I said, well, why would you do that? And he goes, because players make mistakes all the time. And while we might criticize them and get frustrated, we live with it. We live with the fact that players are human beings and they will make mistakes. And maybe these mistakes will have a profound outcome on the game. And maybe in the end they'll turn out to mean nothing. Maybe they'll be debated for years. Maybe they'll be forgotten about. But players will make mistakes all the time. So my dad says the officials falling into the category of human beings who make mistakes, 
Why not just live with it? Why not accept there's going to be times when a split-second play happening really fast in front of even the most experienced official will be judged incorrectly by that official? There will be times when an official, because of the random bounce of a puck or a ball or something unexpected happening on the field or on the ice or on the court, that the official will just not have a good angle to see what happened. There'll be a player in his way. Something. And he'll have to make a call based on what he is think he sees or what he thought was going to happen or did happen. And may, maybe sometimes it'll be wrong. So my dad says, get rid of all of it. Live with the fact that sometimes calls are going to be missed. And sometimes you might get mad about it and you might say, if only we had video review. But my dad would be willing to live in that world like he did quite frankly, for most of his life. Ultimately, I feel as though they should just take the rule out. I think, uh, you know, the, the, the number of calls that are, you know, a millimeter offside, uh, you know, 45 seconds before the play, I think it's not very, uh, doesn't have very much of, a, of an effect on the goal itself. And, um, I think the fans want to see offense, and you know, if that's going to hold back from, from offense, I think uh, you know, it's obviously frustrating. But you know, like I said, it's very hard to, to sit here and question the rule right now because it's, uh, it's obviously a little sensitive and um, you know, with, with it going against us. But um, I think it's something that uh, I hope they, they take out. That's a gentleman much younger than my father, probably younger than most of you listening, Connor McDavid, speaking specifically about the challenge the coaches' challenge for offside, which they've discouraged coaches from doing this season because if you're wrong, you get a two-minute penalty. I, I think in the uh, they want to cut down the fishing expeditions because without the threat of that offside challenge, Nashville would have challenged that play regardless, even though I think they were pretty sure once they looked at the replay, they saw Kara going offside. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can reach me on the open line at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. The replay debate is an interesting one, and we usually wind up having it once or twice a year on this program or on Overtime Open Line with Rob and me after games because it, it, is, it is something specifically to the offside challenge that I, 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 I'm going to say this. I haven't f- heard from a hockey fan, a listener, a friend, a family member who likes the offside challenge. Okay? I, I said this to Rob last night on the show after the game I said the NHL with the offside challenge it's like a restaurant having a dish on the menu that no one ever orders and no one ever likes yet they still suggest it to customers every night and sometimes just serve it to them and expect them to eat it anyway (laughs) could you imagine a, a restaurant doing that could you imagine a business Offering its customers something that that maybe one percent of the customers enjoy. That's what the NHL is doing with the offside video review. I mean, what was it? Four years ago, Matt Duchesne was blatantly offside against the Nashville Predators. You go back and watch that video now; it's it's hilarious that the linesman missed the call. 
didn't cost anybody a Stanley Cup, a playoff series, money, anything like that. But because of that one play, the NHL, and by the NHL, I mean, we have to include the Board of Governors and the coaches and the general managers, but they decided, oh, this play was offside by 10 feet, so now we need to put in a system because, geez, there might be goals that are offside by 10 millimeters. So now we have to have this system based, I mean, it, it's such an overreaction. It, like, it, like it's, it's such an overreaction. Like, it, it's like... It's like trying a food and not liking it and deciding you're never going to eat any food at all ever again. I don't mind the goal line technology, and we're talking about this because it affected the Oilers, but it has come up in other times. In the playoffs a couple of years ago, there were several goals, especially in the first round, that were negated by offside challenges, and a lot of you, and, and I was doing it, were just, what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, if, if there is a blatant offside like the Duchesne one, where a guy is 10 feet offside, the NHL command center, whatever they call it, so the command center CFL, like, what does the NHL call theirs? I can't even remember. They should be able to buzz the rink and say, hold on, we think that was five feet offside. For plays like last night, ignore them, because at full speed, no one's ever going to know. Rob is on line one. Go ahead, Rob. Uh, your thoughts? How you doing, uh, Reed? Good. Yeah, your father's a smart man. Although I wouldn't, I I would not. I agree. I wouldn't eliminate all video technology. Like when you're talking um, the difference between whether a puck goes in or not, the technology's there. You have to you have to implement that for sure. But you know, I found it ironic. I saw the replay. I didn't I didn't see it in live time. <laughs> and the ref is literally standing two feet away from Jakara. Yeah, and you know he's he's like there was no hesitation. He he waved his arms, say that's 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 on side. How is he ever going to catch that if he's not? And maybe somebody should tell the tall foreheads at uh, NHL. And you're right; it uh, includes executive, includes general managers and coaches. So I I played some hockey in my day. I skated. I'm sure you have too. I'm sure most of your listeners have. When was the last time you skated? And kept both feet on your ice 100% of the time. It doesn't happen. Right. Right? Your feet, that's the natural part of the motion. You, you lift your legs as you, as you uh, proceed with a stride. So they're going to give you a chicken bleep call because your foot is two, two millimeters off the ice. At the very least, they got to get rid of that. I mean, that is just a joke because he was onside. Other well, than the fact that his, his, was above the ice, so that makes him offside. I mean, who comes up with this stuff? Unbelievable. Rob, thanks for calling, buddy. Appreciate it. Dean and Jared up next on the open line. It's 616 Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, you can text 630-630. Uh, this texter says it has nothing to do with the natural skating motion coming off the ice. The rule has been that way forever. This isn't new. And I find it a joke that people complaining about it wouldn't have a problem if the call was for Edmonton if the other team was actually offside as well. Can only be good for Edmonton. Uh, another texter says, grow, uh, grow up sports fans. If the game would have been 2-1 to one for the Oilers and the Pred scores, the Oilers would have challenged. So suck it up. It's there for both teams. Uh, well, to both of those texters, 
you were blatantly wrong in terms of my position on this rule, which has been I hate it regardless of who it affects. Obviously, we're going to discuss it more in Edmonton on a night it goes against the Oilers. If the Oilers were to successfully challenge for offside, I would still say I do not like the rule. So, it, 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 is, it, is, a, it is a bad challenge situation. I don't care who it benefits. If the Oilers would have won the game based on... Like, I, I don't, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with Nashville challenging it. I don't have a problem with the Oilers challenging it. I, I don't. It's there for the coaches to use. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Absolutely. I mean, if I if I have access to something that can help my team win, absolutely, I'm going to use it. But it is a bad rule, regardless of who it helps. I want to be clear on that. Okay. I I I, I understand how this sounds. The the Oilers were cost a goal because of it. Uh, but we've discussed it at, at other points where it didn't involve the Oilers at all. I remember talking about it in the playoffs a couple of years ago because a lot of goals were waved off because of the offside challenge. And that's when people were really like, what are we doing? Like, these plays are don't look offside. Jared on line three. Hello, Jared. Hi, Reed. I just got a, a couple of comments and just about the video replay. Is that last night, this may sound strange, that ref, made the right call. The reason why is that referee sees the game in real time. He does not see it in slow motion. So for you, for anyone to say, go back to video replay after the fact and say the ref made the wrong call does not make any sense. The referees are human. They all have their own perception. So you would say, well, let's just dispense with umpires in baseball and let's go to an electronic strike zone. If you stand on a railroad track, at the end, it looks like the points converge, that the railway track becomes one. But if you walk that mile, the railway tracks are still spread out. The point is that's the way the referees see it. He sees it correctly. And if you look at, you look at a TV screen, you put your face up to the TV screen, you just see pixels. You step back, you see the actual picture. So you look at a baseball pitcher. There are baseball pitchers that were far outside of the strike zone, but they had such a great curveball or forkball that the, the, he actually fools the umpire, and that's to his advantage. So a guy like Connor McDavid wheeling down the wing, if he can fool the referee because of his leg speed, that's to his, his advantage, and it makes the game better. But to constantly be monitoring every little thing, it makes no sense at all. Like a cop, even like the way they call the, the rule book, a cop, he doesn't call laws by, by what, how it's supposed to be done. He has to use his judgment. And if they continually move towards this, this technology more and more, they say, well, why have the referees at all? You know, why even have coaches? Let's just go to analytics. The game is played by humans, and it's got to continue that way. But I remember Marilyn Mew always made this play where he got a pass at the opposition blue line, and he was pivoting. He fooled the referee. He was offside almost every time, but he was so smart, and it was a brilliant play. So why do we want to get rid of it? His skate was off the ground by, like, a fraction of a hair, but the ref saw it correctly because that's what he saw. So why, why have it at all? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Jared, appreciate it, buddy. Talk to you again soon, okay?
That's Jared, 780-496-0063. we got Dean on the line as well. Good evening, Dean. Hi, Reed. Uh, as far as, okay, I don't mind the offside call. That's whatever it is. But Subban's hook on uh, Connor there. What I would have liked to have seen Connor do is just lose it on the ref. Because sometimes what you have to do is you have to, doesn't matter what you do in life, sometimes you have to grandstand, right? Just to get the, you know, just to grandstand the way through life. And sometimes... Uh, it just, you know, like he, basically what he's saying is, I've been good all all year. You guys have been hooking me, tripping me, grabbing me. I haven't said a thing. This one was so blatant. Jared, I had to disagree with you. This was not a bang-bang play. This was a blatant penalty. Now, if, if Connor gets a penalty, he gets kicked out of the game, gets fined, whatever. Just grandstand once in a while. Don't be so timid, Right. And that's about all I want to say. And you know, Gretzky wouldn't have wouldn't have allowed that. He would have gone right to. It would have just been nose to nose with Gretzky. But well, maybe maybe they should challenge video review. I mean, it would have helped for the Oilers to have a power play down two nothing. Uh, if you challenge, I, I you challenge for a penalty. No, uh, I'm just. Yeah, maybe. I, but I'm and saying, I, I, I like, if we're going to yeah. open the replay. Uh, b- basket, then challenge everything. Give coaches three challenges a game on yeah. whatever they want. You know what I mean? Well, like, that, that, yeah. Why did they right. pick off of all the like? Mm-hmm. Why pick off sides? Like, what if what if McClellan could say, "I think that was a hook." Watch it in slow motion. Oh, the yeah. Oilers would get a power play. You know what I mean? Like, Fair enough. yeah, it's some. Uh, yeah, that's why I don't like including it. I, I think it's fine for goal line technology, but yeah. the rest of the stuff, I think well, you got to draw I, the line. I would have lost it I, for Connor's sake. I would have done it because he's been such a good boy all year that that one time, just lose it, right? Get him attention. Thanks, Dean. See ya. Wayne and Troy are going to be our next callers, but I got to fit you guys in after the 6:30 news because we got our headlines and weather coming up. Trade I want to tell you about as well. To Chicago, Anthony Duclair and Adam Clendenning to Arizona. Richard Panic and Laurent Dauphin. A lot of uh, speculation that Duclair might be traded. He's a restricted free agent July 1st. Originally a Ranger drafted in 2013. He's 22, has 15 points in 33 games this season. Kelly Rudy is coming up as well, but more time for your calls after the news. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, so the Oilers did not skate today. Had a bit of a golf outing in California. Practice tomorrow. They play at Arizona on Friday, at Vegas on Saturday. Then the uh, bye week. Oilers update for Nisku Ford. Every model on sale every day. Nisku Ford above expectations. NHL tonight, just two games. Ottawa leads Toronto 1-0 after one in the first period. Chicago with a 1-0 lead on Minnesota. The Edmonton Oil Kings are in action in uh, Regina. Regina leading it 2-1 late in the first period. Tons of trades in the Western Hockey League leading into today's deadline. We'll go over some of those with Cam Moon from the Red Deer Rebels broadcast booth later on in the show. Uh, the Oil Kings made a trade. Kale Clegg was traded as well. Stuart Skinner, Oilers prospect in goal, was traded yesterday. He's actually going to join us later on on the show. 
Keeping rolling with the open line here. I know many of you have uh, strong opinions on offside challenges, on video review in general. And as I said earlier, we usually wind up doing a show like this once or twice a year. And I find it very interesting. And, and I think sometimes people's opinions change. Or maybe when you watch the CFL or NFL seasons, you have one view on replay and then another opinion when it comes to hockey. I know in the CFL should you be able to challenge for pass interference and all those types of things, though they've, they've limited now the number of challenges coaches have. In the NFL, Des Bryant a few years ago, Jesse James for the Steelers a few weeks ago, looks like a catch, looks like a big play, and then, yeah, the frame by frame, oh, the ball hit the ground, kind of came out, and they, and they wave it off. We got Wayne on line one. Hey, Wayne. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> what is the core part of the body? When it's in motion, it's the hips, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Hips, waist, okay, yeah, sure. That, that should be the point of being onside or offside. If it's on the line, your your core part of your body, like your hips, whatever part of your body or your legs are moving, because uh, one person said you're, you're you're moving. That's fluidness, eh? And this way, the linesman has a, an, an idea, a, a better idea, where he can call it without looking down at the seat. Sorry, you see what I'm saying? Sorry, say that last part again? Without looking down at the feet, he could see if the person's onside or offside by his hips. Okay, so I see what you're saying. So, and then the, so the linesman's looking straight across instead of looking down a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, would you still be in favor of video review, though? Uh, not really, because <laughs> the hips will be on the, the neutral side of the blue line uh, in some form or fashion. I'm, I'm talking about the hips mostly on the neutral side of the blue line. I mean, part of the, you know, if you're going to straddle the line, part of your hips are going to be on that other side, right? Right. So if it's the, the, the core, like, like the hips, wherever those hips are, that detects for your onside or offside. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. They might change something like that or just say it might be okay even if the foot's in the air. Wayne, thanks for calling, buddy. Bye. You can also text 630-630. Rob says, uh, read Nick Kershaw, LOL. That was Nick Kershaw coming back. It was, yes. Wouldn't it be good? Classic video. Him in his glowing suit. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Kevin in Fort McMurray says, in my opinion, the NHL already admitted they got the offside challenge rule wrong by implementing the penalty if the team challenging is wrong. All this from a league that's trying to increase scoring. Uh, this texture says, uh, well, I'm not sure what this person is saying. I don't think they like the show today. Uh, he goes, aside from what your listeners say, offside is black and white. That's why it can be challenged as opposed to penalties. Come on, Reed, you are better than this. Well, apparently I'm not. <laughs> like, what, what the hell does that mean? I'm I'm confused as yes, you are. Yes, the, the play was offside. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about if goals, dozens of goals in the league every year, should be negated because of plays that are offside by two centimeters, by something that is imperceptible to the naked eye. Uh, this texture says, 31 team owners or managers voted this rule in so they live with it. Besides, if the Oilers were playing better this year, this item would not even come up. Well, that's incorrect. If the if the Oilers were forty four and zero, we'd still be talking about this. Troy calling. Hello, Troy. Hey, Reed. How are you tonight? 
I'm good. Good. Hey, I'm actually on my way to the uh, good old Pembina Rexplex in Evansburg tonight, your old hometown. No way. What are you? Are you coaching or playing or what's going on? Gotcha. Coaching my son's peewee team. Go Pirates. Oh, well, that's awesome. Is he pl- sorry, you're, you're a visiting team? No, I'm, co- I'm coaching. Uh, we have practice tonight. Oh, yeah, practice tonight. Okay, cool. Uh, how are yeah. things in Evansburg? Uh, cold. Yeah, cold. I, I bet. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you bet. So uh, I wanted to bring a, a take on this. Uh, I'm also a referee. Uh, referees have been part of the game since the game started. It brings human judgment to the game. Uh one thing I would like to see changed with the offside video replay is I, I actually don't mind the replay, but to me there needs to be a definitive evidence that there was offside. And I'm going to elaborate on that by saying the linesman should be able to, to look at their tablet, different camera angles, but every single camera angle should be in real time. No slow motion. Then it's still up to the linesman whether he wants to make the human judgment of changing his call or not. If there's something definitive, like you said, the Duchesne offside, it's obvious. But if it's not, if he still won't change his mind, it's still his judgment. That's my take on it. Yeah, I'd be be fine with the full speed stuff too, Troy. Have a good practice, man. Yeah, you bet. Thanks a lot, Reed. All right. Kieran on line one. Hey, how's it going? Doing very well, buddy. First of all, I don't think you can have an offsides rule because it only goes one way. What if the, a team wasn't offside, but they called it? You, there there could have been a goal, but we don't know. Plays dead. So I think, yeah, plays dead. I think right there the offsides rule is unfair to whatever team gets called. Also, I think the reason why it happened is after the Danny Briere one, I think John Tortorella almost smashed his face through the TSN wall for the for, for, uh, blaming the refs. Everybody was crapping on the league. Everyone was saying, we've got to get things right. Now they're screwing with the league. They're screwing with the fundamental principles of hockey. And it just, it, this season sucks, but this is making it worse. I got to go. All right. Good stuff, Garrett. Jess as well. Go ahead, Jess. Hello. Hello. Can I please speak to Bob? No, Bob's not here. This is Reed. Okay, Reed. Uh, on the offside call, when the ref never blew the whistle, it sh- it should have been an offside. When the ref blew the whistle, then the play should have stopped. Okay, thanks, Jess. Appreciate it. Kelly Rudy's going to weigh in on this and what he sees for the Oilers moving forward. It's six forty-one. Inside Sports on Ched. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. He joins us once a week here on Inside Sports, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. Grew up in Edmonton, the one and only Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Reed. I'm here in uh, Florida for a couple of days and get to enjoy the weather and stuff, so it's kind of nice. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're retired. <laughs> Just moved down to Florida. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. You know me, Reed. We've been doing this for a number of years. Do you think I'm ever going to (laughs) retire? No, and I don't think you would pick Florida probably as your your destination either. I don't know where you'd pick for a warmer weather site, but I think you'd still spend most of your time in Alberta just because you're you're an Alberta kid at heart, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? On that topic, though, if I were to go down south someplace, you know, where, where I may sneak off to uh, on occasion would be someplace like San Diego. I'm a big fan of California. I love San Diego and uh, seems like a perfect destination for us. You know, it's uh, people, Oilers fans might need to go to San Diego or somewhere relaxing, given the way the games have gone since Christmas. And just uh, the uh, the frustration mounting last night, they get that unusual goal that goes off Adam Larson's face and sits there for Arvidsson to tap in. Yeah. And then it appeared yeah. they had tied it, and the good old offside review rears its ugly head. And look, it was offside. You can't debate that it was offside. But but I'm curious for you because video replay would have would have come in uh, in a more kind of just looking at whether or not it was a goal during the course of your career. Um, you know, I'll ask you first as a player, your expectations or what you thought of replay once it started being used in games you were actually involved in. I liked it. I I thought that the uh, it was the timing was right. Um, I've also been of the opinion that let's just try and get it right. Um, now I know I'm in the uh, majority for sure in some of these calls, uh, but then again, I mean you go back to my time as a player, the technology wasn't very good, right? And uh, so of course it wasn't HD television and things that uh, or 4K, any of this stuff that makes it incredibly easy to sort of spot where everybody is or where the skates are, where the puck might be, if it's in the net, those kinds of things. So uh, I would have been certainly on board, but knowing fully that it would have been awfully difficult. For instance, the uh, offside last night would have been awfully difficult in my time to have really been able to uh, clarify whether or not the skate was in the air or not. So moving past that, uh, I really don't have a problem with the uh, the video replay. I, I really don't. The only issue I have is on that particular play yesterday, it's clear the, the, the skate is up, but who cares? It, it, you know, it's not offside to me if the skate is up. I mean, it looked, it appeared to me that uh, that should be a good goal. I, I, I'm puzzled as to why it matters if this, the, the total of this uh, skate is up. I, I really don't get that, and I've had that conversation on the air before. So I, if, if, in fact, they're going to do something, I see Connor McDavid saying uh, an elimination of that call, but I don't mind the call. I just think let's make it common sense because that uh, clearly wasn't offside in the truest sense of the form or the, the rule. So when you were a goalie, you were okay with, uh, oh, I, I snuck back my glove and tugged it off the line and the ref didn't notice, but now they're going to review it and see that I didn't get it in time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it worked both ways. There were a few goals that uh, I can certainly remember that I didn't think that it uh, conclusively crossed the goal line, and yet uh, the goal was uh, deemed uh, uh, legal. So I think that you know you are always going to have. I think all the players in today's game would would say this as well. They would agree with this that you know it always does even out. I mean, last night it happened to be heartbreaking because it would have tied the game with about five minutes to go, and and maybe got the Oilers on track we all understand that we all accept that that could be the case but i just think that when you when you're talking about these rules and and how the calls go against you or the other team in my opinion i talked to a bunch of people about this same scenario last night after our game that it it always just does even out you know i've been around the game for a million years and 
oftentimes, if you were to go back over the course of the year, you can't pinpoint one call that went against you that that ruined the season. It just it just doesn't happen that way. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. Were you? I just remember now that we're talking about this. Were you the goalie? When Crucial Niski scored the fluttering goal over Mike Vernon, yes. and was that was. was that the game the Flames thought they scored and Terry Crisp got all upset? Yes, and there was yes. no video review. That, that's right, and it was uh, it was from the play was from behind the net. So Doug Gilmore, I was down, I sprawled out on the ice. There was a big goal mouse scramble. The puck squirted behind the net. Gilmore um, went back there. And he tried to shovel it, I believe, on the back end, back under me. And and I did feel the puck. And I was kind of, if I'm if I'm describing it accurately for your listeners, I'm kind of laying across the goal line. And I knew what he was attempting to do. I couldn't get back. I couldn't seal off the uh, the bottom part of the net properly. So I just tried to extend my leg. He ended up kind of sliding it under me. It kind of hit my leg, kind of by my butt. But um, as you correctly said there was no video evidence to conclusively prove that the puck crossed the goal line now i'll i'll readily admit it appears that it has no choice but to cross the line on its path and how hard doug gilmore swept the puck into the net but that doesn't matter if if they would have had some sort of video evidence proving that the puck crossed the line yeah well then uh, that would have been a, a different story, and we would have been going back to Calgary for Game 7. But in this case, um, you can't assume that the puck is going to cross the goal line or that it only makes sense that it's going to. You have to video proof. And so uh, I got a break in that one. Um, and as you said, it, it happened to be a pretty big game. But <laughs> there are other games that I can that I can remember that surely I must, must have been screwed too. I'm going to try and go down that path. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I'm sure most of the time you you stopped it. And I don't know why they counted it. But that's right. <laughs> Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Uh, the you know it's been tough for the Oilers. It, it, last night's game aside, they they haven't been nearly close enough in a lot of games. They haven't played nearly well enough. Um, you can never say the playoffs are impossible until it's actually mathematically done, but it's going to be a a miracle run uh, over the last 35, 36 games here for them to get in. Now, this this team has been in this situation before. Um, I guess you can change some of the details because the expectations were higher. And, uh, I mean, I've done years where they were already 30 points out at this time time of year as opposed to 9 or 10 or whatever it is. So if you're a player on that team, do you set individual goals? Do you still tell yourself we we got a chance and maybe we are good enough to go on that amazing run? What do you think the mindset has to be? Uh, for sure, it's all positive. You're uh, you're trying to work through things, and they're, they appear to be rattled. So, uh, last night I thought was a good step in the right direction in terms of effort and uh, falling behind again, two nothing, and and uh, trying to work their way back into the game. That's not easy, especially when you're doubting yourself. So, uh, I would take that as a positive. I'd show tons of positive clips about that. I'd talk about that. Uh, I believe they have their gate, their uh, golf day off today. Is, is that correct? Yep. Um, yep. So I'd make sure that that was a lighthearted event and that guys were thinking positively about what's coming up. And 
continue to stress the message that although it looks bleak, it's possible. And there have been other teams. I, I can't recall what Ottawa would have been out in the playoffs a couple of years ago, but or three years ago, I think it was, when they made that remarkable run. So there are plenty of examples. Calgary last year, after uh, heading into the All-Star weekend, uh, or after that, they went 17-5, and five, I think. So... Uh, you can find examples. You got to make sure the guys are willing to put it in the work uh, because it just doesn't happen without it. So, uh, I, although it looks really difficult, and, and one of the things you have to make sure in that situation is you don't get caught up in the reasons why it looks bleak. I wouldn't point out to them you're behind Anaheim, Colorado, Minnesota, Calgary, Chicago, and Dallas in that uh, division uh, or conference because that's irrelevant what is relevant that we play well we focus on what we can do and let's see if we can't uh, change our fortunes well and you wonder about and look they have not played nearly well enough but when that puck hit Larson in the face and sits there for Arvidsson I just thought to myself what what else is going to happen like what? Yeah, somebody texted me and said the Oilers are uh, the Oilers have been having a bad season, and now the hockey guard hockey gods are kicking them while they're down. I thought that was a good description. Yeah, and but you know what? And again, going through experience, it, it, all of us felt that way. I I watched that last night also, and I thought, seriously, how does that happen? But then you know, again through experience, that I've had those same sort of emotions. You try and guard against it. You try and fight that feeling. But and you, you typically say seriously like, again, but you do know it does turn. It just always does. And once you seem to work a little bit harder and fight your way out and get on a little bit of a uh, winning streak, then those bounces usually happen in your favor. So uh, it's hard to do though mentally because uh, they're beaten up, they're questioning themselves, and and you have to wonder like how long until we finally get a break, Kelly. I hope you have a good break in Florida. Well, I know you're working, but I know you'll find some nice place to have a meal and maybe a beverage. So thanks a lot for coming on today, buddy. I will. <laughs> okay, and you know what? I'm going to have a great time next week because we have our bye week as well, the Flames. And so I'm going to go to beautiful Canmore, Alberta for uh, three nights with my lovely wife. So it'll be excellent. Sounds great, Kelly. Thanks a lot for coming on tonight. It is 6.56. Kelly Rudy joins us every week here on Inside Sports, and he did say even though he's uh, having a mini-vacation next week, he will still join us. Appreciate that. Ottawa now up 2-0 on Toronto, about eight minutes into the second period. Just two NHL games tonight. The other one is now through 20 minutes. Chicago is up 1-0 on Minnesota. Brent Seabrook, healthy scratch last Chicago game gets his second of the season this evening. That's the only one so far. Remember, you can always text 63630. Phone number 780-496-0063. Lots of texts on the uh, offside challenges. Uh, most of you would like it gone or at least changed to watch at full speed. Uh, many of, well, a few of you uh, don't like the fact that I'm bringing it up because it only hurt the Oilers. Fair enough. I don't like it. Don't like it regardless. If the Oilers ever use it to their advantage, great. I still wouldn't like it. We'll catch up with Stuart Skinner, Oilers goaltending prospect, and talk some WHL trades as we move along. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.